0: Long, Danny? Long, long, long live Jean Long Long
1: Long Jean? Jean.
0: This Flemish
1: is crazy. <laughs> Flemish this is confirmed. Jean, I think is the name uh, the way you pronounce this. It's spelled G-H-E-Z-I-E-J-N,
0: and it's what? one syllable. It's like Welsh. Flemish is like in the the, like i live in a country that has one of the bargain basement european languages and flemish <laughs> is right there with it like well then like, you should no, be like, able to oh, decipher
1: long time no see danny exactly oh, is
0: that what it says it is yes
1: yay boy we've I'm been back yeah i'm you're back also, i'm back all f1 is back uh n- no it's not almost shift f1 is back sure is uh and welcome back listeners to shift f1 a podcast about speedy race cars yum we got we got some formula one on the horizon we
0: do we got a fun one in spa- la, 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 summer la, la, break la. because it makes summer break makes me it reminds me, it's like it's like starving yourself it's like skipping lunch it's like you enjoy <laughs> dinner so much more because of it mm. and what a delicious feast we have coming up like arguably forever one of the most enjoyable races of the year regardless of what year it is regardless of the car setups and I think with the particular cars we have now uh this year's uh, Spa-Francorchamps Belgian Grand Prix is going to be super fun
1: I agree do you want to just jump
0: right on into Spa itself then sure absolutely um actually what I first want to do is uh somebody tweeted a picture yesterday I don't think Spa is in um Flanders maybe it is Oh, no. uh, like I don't think It's like the Dutch-speaking so. part of northern Belgium. I'm not really sure. Belgium's weird. Half of them speak French. Then there's like Dutch. Then there's Flemish, which is people who just couldn't fucking pick another language. Um, but uh, somebody there was a, a video. There was a, a, a magazine, I think, in England yesterday that did like a um, tourist brochure on Flanders, and they went with the headline "Stupid Sexy Flanders." <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, the most amazing Simpsons reference ever, and I just thought that was worth sharing. Everyone Flanders anyway. always makes me think of World War One. Yeah, right. I mean, a lot of that happened there, like the Ardennes yeah. Forest. Right? Is that in? Mm-hmm. That's in Belgium. So, like, the Battle of the Bulge essentially all happened there. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if any if Spa. I think Spa. In previous years, I have talked about how close people were to Spa during the Second World War. Well, but it's I, kind
1: I, of. I, I'm looking at a map right now. Hmm. It kind of looks like it's in the Ardennes forest. I think it is. It's in the the south. Uh, the south. What is that? East. Right. Yeah. It's north of uh, northwest of ba- or northeast of Bastogne.
0: Where oh, I've really? been. Yes. Oh wow. Talking, yeah. yeah. Talk about. I, I wonder like how much because the 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 race itself has been like, just to get into like the history of the track a bit. Like Spa, it was kind of just like a collection of of local roads. For the longest time, Mm -hmm. Um, like very long, windy, hilly roads, because this was the, we're in a very like um, uh, hilly part of the world. Uh, So, and then there was a track sort of built out of that, but essentially you were driving through little villages in the Ardennes. So, uh, I wonder how much of that, uh, how much... uh, stuff actually happened there. You got to say like any like Belgium was like, you know, had a front had two fronts pass over, it right? Oh the yeah. Germans I mean, it's west.
1: right in the thick of everything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't miss it, right? So they were like yeah, stuck in the middle with you kind of. Yeah. Um it is in anyway a town the, called
1: Stavelot. I believe it's Stavelot.
0: What, what is Stavelot? Stavelot? Yeah. I think it's Stavelot. I don't know. Okay. Uh but uh, the races happened there for, for years and years and years. I'm not really sure if they went back as far as the the, the 40s, but uh, certainly uh, throughout the 50s and 60s um, and into the 70s, they, they were racing there. It was a 14-kilometer track back then, absolutely massive. Uh, dangerous uh, speeds, crazy um, um, heights, people crashing in parts of the track where there weren't anyone there, so they didn't know they crashed. Like It was kind of a bit of a... Um, disaster zone, to be completely honest. So they eventually uh, moved the the Grand Prix um, away from Spa, But they came back in 83 um, with a much more sensible track length. I think it basically got cut in half. Um, And since 83, they've essentially added a lot of um, modern flavor, uh, safety flavor in the, the you know, lots of runoff areas, um, lots of different uh, interesting corners. In fact, when they came back in '83, the sort of the racetrack part of the racetrack in, included uh, Puhon, which is the uh, probably the second most famous corner in all of um, in all of Spa um, after a Rouge. Although Blasimon also might be part of that. Uh, so, might as well just jump into a a, a race. Uh, what a race looks like in Spa. Uh, you know the most notable part of the track is probably uh, Eau Rouge, which is either one or three turns, depending on how, what you think about it. Um, the the start of the race is pretty short. There's a, a fairly tight right-hander uh, La Source, uh, which is turn one, which in previous years has seen a lot of action. There was a very famous um, crash between, well actually I think that was closer to turn two, back in 2008, which I've talked about before, which was one that I, uh, or sorry, 1998 which is one that I was channel surfing as like a 12-year-old boy and cut to live footage of something like 20 cars crashing. <laughs> it's like it's a, and I thought it was like some sort of highlights package I was watching, um, but it wasn't. It was it was the, the Belgian Grand Prix in 98. And then they rest- restarted the race, and then literally the exact same thing happened again. <laughs> so they, they restart the race with like, you know, they'd run out of their... Uh, this was back in the day when you could have a, a third car or a second car waiting, you know, and you'd just replace your car and go back out again. Um, uh, but the, the first turn, uh, in recent years, there was that crash. Was it, I'm trying to think it was the one where Alonso got shot over the top of Hamilton. I think it might've been, um, our French friends, uh, uh, fault. I forget. Somebody went up the inside. Um, but that would, that happened there. Monsieur Grosjean. Yes, I think it was. Mm. Roman hit the back of Alonso, and then he went into Hamilton, took out, out a bunch of people. So every once in a while, there was a crash there, but it's kind of a weird spot for a crash. It's only really because it's such a crazy tight hander, and it also dips. The apex of the corner dips really weirdly, um, but they're not going crazy, crazy fast going into it because it's not exactly the longest start phase, right. Anyway, once you're basically past that, you're kind of flat out for 25 seconds. Yeah. Uh, Turn two is a little sort of a kink in front of the stands. Then you're into Or uh, Rouge or Radion Or uh, Rouge, which is a crazy uphill, like corks. It's it's a left right. It's actually relatively straight, but because of the speed they're taking it at, like if you drove up in a road car, it would be like nothing. But because of the speed they're going, it's actually like a very um, interesting corner to try and tackle. The apex is blind because it's uphill. It crests just on on that sort of middle turn, which means you don't actually know where the next turn left is until well after you've turned into it. So Oroge is kind of like a muscle memory corner almost. So what's most impressive about that is that when you see overtaking happening there, like we did with Weber a number of years ago, Uh, It's especially exciting because uh, they're essentially uh, flying blind. If you played the video game and you've seen it, or you're looking at the television feed, remember that that camera is above their heads. Their view of it is looking basically at their steering wheel and they can't see anything else. So when they come over the top of that, they're almost entirely blind. It's insane. They keep going. They've got another probably 12 seconds of complete flat out down the camel straight. Lots of overtake opportunity here based on how uh, well you came out of a rouge, but also also based on... Um, you know, everything else you've got going um, in terms of the aero of the car and whatnot. So, hopefully, we'll see a lot of uh, overtaking happening there. Um, then they basically slow down for a little bit. Uh is the sort of right-left-right. Uh, right. Um, they opted for uh, not to have concrete runoff here, which I think is very good. At punish- well, there's some, I guess, on the outside of 7, but there's a lot of um, dirt there, which penalizes people, which means that people tend to break well into 7. Um, also an overtaking spot there on the entrance to 7, because if you've got it, you're pretty much fine until uh, you get down to Pouin. Um once you've done Lacum or Lacombe, uh, turn 10 is a very slow downhill. It's almost, it reminds me of those parts in roller coasters where it's about to go down, but we're just like durk, 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 turning a corner. <laughs> so it's downhill. It's got a little bump on it as well, which can take out, you see cars spinning there. Often they spin and people don't really know why they spun. It's actually a little bit of a, a kink in the road there. Um, some people like to go around the outside of it to get a little bit more pace coming down into 11 so they can uh, organize themselves well uh, going down Pouhain. Uh, but 10 and 11, you tend not to get that much overtaking. Then Pouhain is this ridiculous corner. It's a downhill, double left-hander, um, super wide, loads of runoff on the outside of the curb to your right. Um Loads of opportunity for for overtaking. The, well, some opportunity for overtaking. Mostly, it's just a very exciting turn uh, which they take downhill. Essentially, at top speed. They don't they don't break. They feather a little bit on the accelerator. Um, but it's incredibly challenging. It's one of that and Eau Rouge uh, and probably Blanchimont as well, which we'll get to in a second. Are the reasons drivers love this circuit? This circuit is like there for the taking. It's not it's not a circuit that's like. Fighting against you, like Monaco is, or people like that. It's not. A, it's not a, a track that's like um, work. Yeah, working against you. It's it's a track that's like come, let's have fun. And I think is probably is one of the great examples of one of the additions they did back in the eighties that sort of has really defined um, uh, this track. Which is interesting because essentially what they're doing is they're taking you from the top of the track up at the uh, Pass com down to the bottom, which is Stavlo at the uh, at the end. And um, once you've done that, the next couple of turns is not really all that much overtaking um uh thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen it's kind of like right left right left um the cars are slowing down they're probably grabbing a little bit more um juice into their their um, uh, their mG k uh because the next section is is basically this and the chemistry the two spots where you tend to get quite a lot of overtaking your exit of stavlo um coming into blanchemont which is the it's a like it's essentially a straight it has two sort of um, left turns on it but you're taking the entire thing flat out basically um very wide uh, not all that much in terms of runoff again it's it's the track is wide but the circuit is tight kind of there's not that much uh, you can you can get away with if you if you lose it here um, but very very fast and then down into like I I would I would reckon this, and I think it's slightly uphill, so maybe the end of China Straight has more of a breaking zone. But it, it is definitely one of the most aggressive uh, acceleration decelerations in any F one track of the season. Um, down into nineteen, which is uh, a chicane, the only chicane on on the track, um, which is another spot again where they're definitely harvesting a lot of their uh, their K. Uh special K. Uh nineteen twenty. Uh, the entrance to the pit lane is very forgiving on this track. It's basically the outside of turn twenty, so no one ever gets in anyone's way, typically. Um although one or two people have beached themselves accidentally there, um quite like China, um on the on the, the, the gravel. Um but yeah, and then you're back onto the straight. And that's uh that's the twenty or so, depending on what you think about a Rouge uh turns in spa francorchamps Two big overtaking spots are Blanchement and the Camel Straight. You won't miss them. It's the part where the cars are going very fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, and this is another one of those tracks that I, f- I feel like a lot of, at least for me, a lot of the visual markers are, are easy to see. Like, Eau oh, Rouge is easy to see. Uh, that chicane's easy to see. Uh, it's got a lot of character, and you can you can pick out where the cars are at any given time more totally easily than you can. One hundred
0: percent opposite of of the one I keep comparing it to. Weirdly enough, China, um, where you <laughs> yeah. basically just got stands after stands after stands. Uh, yeah, I you I feel like this in Monaco, you get a real sense of place and monaco i think you do because it's almost like level design in games or something monaco you do because you're either on the water and you're in the the second half of the the second section and the the third or you're not on the water and then you're basically in sector one or the the first half of the second so you can really tell where you are and similarly with spa you're either up high or you're down below um and the only place where there's really a lot of stands is in the first part of the first section. And then the rest of it, you can tell, is like... It's one of these tracks, it's really... I like it a lot. It's one of these tracks where you feel like... You know in, like, Speed Racer and, like, uh, like in Star Wars and pod racing, right? Where they have the the area where which is, like, where all the stands are, right? The start-finish line. And this is where it is. And then the cars or the pod racers or whatever, they drive into, like, crazy you know, forests and shit where no one is. Mm-hmm. It's like but every lap they come around to the place where the humans are. Like, I feel like it's a very video gamey thing <laughs> where you're like, here is where the people are and then we're going somewhere with these cars that no one else can follow. Like, right. we're just flying around. That's kind of what Spa feels like because although there is stands, you're you're basically driving into a forest. Yeah. And it looks amazing. It looks cool and the helicopter's around. Um, and I think it gives it, like you said, it's a real character and lets your eye sort of, um figure out where everything is um if not very specifically with the turns then certainly vaguely you have an idea of where a cars car on even if you've never seen this track before right
1: yeah well it's a great uh welcome back to the season
0: yes uh sure. should we talk about the weather sure it, oh, all right it, it can go either way here and it can it can go either way on different parts of the track here as well and
1: uh yeah it it will probably <laughs> i will not give definitive uh Uh, Weather predictions here, certainly, because (laughs) uh, number one is the weather, and number two, it looks like precipitation... Well, let's talk temperature first. Mid-70s, around the time of qualifying, uh, or if you're Celsius, mid-20s. And precipitation for qualifying looks to be about 3%, but that's coming off of 40% uh, in the morning. So maybe a wet track, etc. Race day, however... Looks, ooh.
0: Oh, please tell
1: me, please tell me. <laughs> oh, it's like 60%. Oh, that's beautiful. At race time and uh, slightly cooler. Okay. Oh. oh, Danny, this could be good. That could be fun. One of the wind. funnest
0: things that happens to Spa is when it's raining in the, the lower part of the track and it's dry up top. It's always a fun time.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Um, also, it's um, one of those areas I think that has a lot of microclimates, so it can do that. It can rain in certain
0: certain parts. Yeah, it's it's a it's whenever that happens, it's always super fun watching drivers trying to deal with it. Um, and it should be interesting with the the tires this year as well. Usually, uh, Spa takes a hard tire, but I think Pirelli are going with some of the softer ones. Um, all of the around. softest, in fact. Oh, really? we got Ultra
1: soft, super soft, and soft. Huh. Uh, and they're kind of all over the place. Uh, Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas taking. Four softs and three softs, respectively. And then three and four supers. And then six ultra softs. But the Red Bulls are taking... How many is this? Nine ultra softs. <laughs> really? Yeah. Only wow. one soft and three super softs. Uh, Ferrari's a little more balanced uh, as to so Force India. Williams is doing the Red Bull thing, except with more super softs. Yeah, they're, they're all over the place. So, who knows?
0: We've had races there where tires of with uh, i think it might have been 2012 no i think it was 2011 when rosberg and vettel both had um tire failures uh during it so i mean they'd be oh that's right and they blamed the corners they blamed yeah. the curbs so i'll have to it should be yeah i don't know we'll see a L- little bit of a little bit of weird tires and a little bit of rain and suddenly you've got yourself a, a classic um you know, at the very least, an entertaining race. I mean, I don't, like, I don't like to be hyperbolic on the best of days. I especially don't like to be hyperbolic about races. But you never get, like, a really bad spa. Like, even a mediocre spa is a fun watch. Like, it's a fun track. There's a lot going on. It's challenging. The drivers are enjoying themselves. Um, so even if we don't get a lot of drama, it's going to be a lot of fun. But it would be so good if the tires and the, 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 the rain play, to, play their hand.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would say the the floor is high for Spa. Right. Um yes, agreed. Speaking of things blowing up, McLaren <laughs> uh confirms stuff Van Vandoorne will stay
0: with them uh in 2018. Oh, don't stuff me now. I'm having such a good time driving this McLaren.
1: <laughs> driving this car. <laughs> uh also driving a car next year, Kimi Raikkonen. A Ferrari, oh. in fact. Really? Mm-hmm. He's staying around. Ferrari announces that Scuderia Ferrari has renewed its technical and racing agreement with Kimi Raikkonen. This mm. team said in a statement on Tuesday. This is from F1 Fanatic. He has extended his contract to drive for Ferrari in 2018.
0: Hooray! Uh, which I
1: think means that he will be racing longer than Fernando Alonso. Really? For Ferrari. Huh. Uh... People were thinking maybe I saw uh, a certain incredulous blinking gif uh, in relation to people surprised that Charles Leclerc, the, uh, there's so many accents I could do with this. Is Charles Leclerc for Ferrari? Would happen, (laughs) but, uh. Kimmy Raikkonen, I'm not going to try a Finnish accent, uh, mm-hmm. is uh, is the man with the seat. And I guess you probably Fettle. They may even have confirmed him. I'm not sure.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, he must be on a longer contract. Kimi is definitely on a year-by-year, year, you could tell.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's playing month-to-month month <laughs> in his apartment. Nobody, yeah. <laughs> on, his, on his bike track. <laughs> right. Uh, Fernando Alonso, the other McLaren driver... Says, uh, I don't see any project that will allow... Is telling uh, CNN, by the way. Mm. If I don't see any project that will allow me to fight for the win, I will look outside F1. But that's a decision I will make around November, December.
0: <laughs> I feel like if that was really the way he felt about it, he wouldn't have been there for like three seasons? Four? Three? Like You never know, man. They might be saying things like, Trust us.
1: Next year <laughs> is the year. Fool me once, just Scanlon. I mean, guess, it, but like would, they could, they could, if, they if could he retires, then
0: Kimi would have the opportunity to overtake him in uh, most entries. Ooh, um, uh, he is. Do you want to hear some hot stats? I do. Give them to me. Um, yeah, Kimi Raikkonen is two hundred and sixty-four. Uh, Felipe Massa actually is only one behind him, two hundred and sixty-three. Oh wow! Uh, in sixth, uh, Fernando Alonso above Kimi is the fourth most entries of any F one driver ever, two hundred eighty-four. So. If he retired and there was a 20 racer next year, then Kimi would match him, um, which would be good. Uh, neither of them are probably getting to shoe me anytime soon, 308. Um, uh, we know, of course, that uh, our good friend Jensen Button bet uh, Schumacher's uh, total entries uh, for second place of 309 earlier this year. Uh, and above him is the one and only Rubens Barcello, former uh, teammate to, to Michael Schumacher, 200, uh, 326. Uh, total entries between 1993 and 2011. Wow, yeah, impressive. Way to go, Ruby. Yeah, he was crying in a video where his son was driving a car. I saw floating around on the internet. Ah, he's a good dude. <laughs> Rubens bad. Rubens uh, is a uh, Rubens and Massa. I mean, they're both Brazilian as well. Maybe all Brazilian people are just nice. I don't know. Maybe people like him. Uh, Rubens, of course, crashing that day as well in Imola. He was the he had a really bad crash in qualifying. Uh, Same day as Ratzenberger, I think. Ooh, boy. Yeah. Uh,
1: All right. Well, uh, in other team news, Renault bringing engine upgrades at two next races. I feel like Renault is on the rise. What do you think?
0: The only way is up.
1: (laughs) Well, that's true. True.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I mean, uh, it's a weird part of the season for the upgrades. I I often feel like we're sort of in the spot of the the season where... they're, they're probably focusing a little... Like, once this round of upgrades has come, then we're probably not going to see um uh, much else except for the R&D getting pushed towards um the rest of the year. Because we're, we're past the halfway mark. I think the halfway mark is probably Silverstone.
1: Right, and if you're going to introduce any uh, big changes, or if you're going to dump R&D dollars and in time into big changes, they're going to be for next year's car.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because I feel like once we've left um Europe... I might be wrong... But once, I feel like once we leave Europe, we're into kind of different races, like hotter, more humid races, like Singapore notwithstanding. Actually, no, actually, I'll take it back. Singapore is incredibly hot, incredibly humid. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what we got? We've got Spa. I think Monza is probably next, and then that's, we're out of Europe. So we've then got Singapore, Malaysia, um, there's one more there, uh, Japan, and then we're back to USA, Mexico, Brazil and then Abu Dhabi, so I feel like that section is like I don't know how much that plays a part really, but I always feel like with the tires and with the aero and cooling and stuff, it becomes a slightly different game, especially with all the brake problems we've been having this year as well. Um, the you know the heat issues, like I feel like it sort of changes up a little bit. So um, yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see what their performance is this weekend.
1: Indeed, I don't know. I I, I want to see <laughs> I want to see Hulk do well because I love his helmet best helmet in the grid
0: right what did you watch any of the kibica stuff no i didn't watch any of it yeah i saw well or like read about it or there was i saw some video go up um yeah he seemed to be um doing well he's been i think they had a test a couple of days ago in hungary as well um so uh you know i he'll he he will have been instrumental in some of that uh the upgrades that are coming um uh, I know it was the uh, the hardware and software stuff as well they were working on um, while he was getting used to the car. But apparently he drove really well, so that's that's pretty cool. All right. Way to go, Robert. This guy, Robert Kavitsa. I was in Poland while all that was happening as well, which was pretty cool. Oh, really? He's got that energy drink. <laughs> remember? That's right. Did you try it? I could not find it. Oh, too bad. Did you I see pla- Mike Tyson's black energy? D- dude, I saw black everywhere. <laughs> Mike Tyson's black is so... like Mike Tyson's black... Maybe more common than Red Bull in Poland. <laughs> <laughs> like, there were fucking piles of it. I was like, I told Jeremy about it, I think, and we went down to, like, the shop downstairs in our apartment building, and we walked in, and there wasn't even Coca-Cola, but there was a massive pile of Mike Tysons in there. <laughs> Amazing. So weird. <laughs> it's always weird. Also never weird. Not, never not weird.
1: Uh, F1 creates official eSports Formula One world champion title. Formula One gamers, this from F1 Fanatic, will have a chance to be crowned the official Formula One Esports Series World Champion in a new championship beginning next month.
0: Uh, I did not know about this. My first question, what game are they playing? (laughs) Rocket League, naturally. (laughs) Quake 3.
1: Yeah. Fucking Overwatch. Uh, (laughs) PlayerUnknown's
0: Battlegrounds. They're going to drive dossiers around the map for the whole thing.
1: Beetle Adventure Racing.
0: Uh, is, that it, a, is that a licensed Beatle game? Like, it is, yeah. The band? The band? Uh, <laughs> Do you no. want to be John Paul Ringo or George? <laughs>
1: uh, it has been announced to coincide with the launch of the latest edition of the official Formula One game oh, Imagine 2017 that, by Codemasters. Masters
0: of Code. Indeed. They're pretty good. Those games are good. I'm not necessarily sure they are the most simmy of games. I feel like Project Cars, maybe. Well, not the way I drive them. (laughs) Right. Yeah, right. I don't know. Um, I love those games. I think we are very lucky to have such high-quality games for a relatively niche sport. I think in terms of driving games, driving franchises, we are spoiled, and I love those games a lot. They're great. Um, And I'm looking forward to this year's one. I didn't play much of last year's. i played a lot of the past, like, four years. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't play much of last year's because I was, I guess, getting into Project Cars a lot more, but... um, yeah, we'll we'll see. P cars two coming. Yeah, Project Cars two coming as well. Man, there's a lot of racing games. I don't know what the I know it's not a this is not a video game podcast, but this but Jesus, but Gran Turismo is coming out hopefully soon enough. We'll see about that. Don't hold your breath. And then like there's a new Forza for Xbox One X, and there's just like a bunch of driving games. A lot of sim driving games. Mm-hmm. I guess we don't have another Burnout. We need we need some more crazy driving games.
1: Word. World could always use them. Rocket. Uh there you
0: go Uh, did you see uh the metroid ship is coming as a car to rocket league yeah oh my god and And somebody who spends way too much on keys for unlocking crates in that game and never unlocking (laughs) anything of note um yeah it was interesting to there's a mario and a a luigi one too oh wow
1: yeah uh i saw a tweet from one tim turry oh yeah Metroid zero emissions what? <laughs> he was responding to the Metroid car, and he said, "Metroid zero emissions," like the game
0: Metroid Zero Mission. Oh, there we go. Oh, sorry, I didn't know the game. I'm sorry. It is jokes are better easier, when but... you have to explain them. Yeah. Yeah. To to
1: read it. I'm sorry. Maybe. I'm sorry. Qualifying events for the esports series will be held during September to select the 40 quickest drivers. Semifinals Ooh. will be held at the. Gfinity Arena in London. Huh. I don't know what that is on October 10th and 11th, which will create a final field of 20 who will compete for the crown in a three-round final. Jeez. I want to know how Wait, they're going to broadcast this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why, sir? There... You what? followed for me, the one. There's a crown. Oh, sorry, of course. Yeah, the winning crown that we put on everyone's <laughs> head it's because these people's egos aren't big enough. <laughs> right.
1: Fighting oh, crown.
0: how great would it be if the winner got a tiara? Would you imagine? Oh. Okay. The driver who would like it the most, Lewis Hamilton. Oh, yes. The driver who would like it the least, Kimi Räikkönen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Votas. Don't put that on me. Just pushes yeah, it away. Yeah, that's true, actually. He, yeah, but he's passive in a way that Kimi's not. It's true. He's Except a when you're giving him a shoe full of it. champagne. Yeah. <laughs> the Gfinity arenas, I don't, I've never been there, but it's where they they do all the esports stuff there, like Street Fighter tournaments and stuff. So. You there go. you go. Yeah. Should we take it around the world, Danny?
1: Let's race around. Formula 4 United States Championship is at the Virginia International Raceway this weekend. That's
0: uh, in Virginia. In Alton, Virginia. Alton. Alttown. Mm-hmm. They all listen to My Chemical Romance there. <laughs> what?
1: Alts time. Alts okay. It. Got it. All right. Alts. We're both slow on the uptick here. We're getting back Sorry. in the swing. <laughs> IndyCar is at Gateway Motorsports Park in Madison IL. Mm. Uh, Formula 2 will be supporting uh, Spa-Francorchamps. Franca-champs. Franca-champs. uh well this Will this be supporting F1 at Spa-Francorchamps in Belgium? Mm. The IMSA WeatherTech Championship is at uh, the Virginia International Ra- Raceway in uh, Virginia for the Oak Tree Grand Prix. I live in Oak Tree, California. Do you really? No. Okay. Oak Tree land. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, parentheses, land. Yeah. Uh, MotoGP, is it Silverstone?
0: In Towsister, Northamptonshire. Oh. Only half of it's in Northamptonshire. (laughs) The good half... But it's all the Octo British Grand Prix. Fuck, man. is driving cars. I don't know if this is a great idea. <laughs> Motorcycles. <laughs> Even crazier. <laughs> By the way... Uh, <laughs> Their extra legs are going to get caught in the spokes. <laughs> Wait, motorbikes don't no have spokes. Wheels. So
1: the kind of, they kind of have spokes, I and guess. Spokes? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I should have said this before, or I should, should have realized it before the summer break, but MotoGP this year has been fantastic. Oh, if I've you want to get anyway. into that uh i recommend going and listening to our podcast we did with one
0: girk the turk girk and the turk girk gurgsman Gherk, mm-hmm. Gherk, uh,
1: on alt, alt f1 love that uh, guy. and then maybe watching what's hitting the apex
0: oh yeah fantastic documentary hitting the apex and what's the tt1 over the edge closer to the edge closer to the edge something like that yeah living in on the Apex edge has got more
1: Brad Pitt in it though living in the fridge
0: living, yeah British Guy Touring Garvey.
1: Car Championship is I, it's it's a, I said Guy Ham. Garvey
0: he's the singer from Elbow Guy Martin that's it
1: there you go Guy Martin's amazing uh Rockingham Motor Speedway in Corby Northance 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 England Nor- UK Northamptonshire North it says Northance what's the name of the track
0: Rockingham Motor Speedway. Rockingham Speedway mm. is in... North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All right, wrong one. Super GT,
1: Danny. Mm. Is that Suzuka si- Circuit,
0: Mie Prefecture? Okay. Oh, one of my <laughs> favorite prefectures. Yeah, Northamptonshire is where the other one is. Okay. It's in uh, the Northamptonshire Prefecture.
1: Is the... <laughs> i'm in the san francisco prefecture (laughs) yeah right uh for their uh 1000 kilometer race super gt it's too far fantastic wow no there's no nascar on this weekend feel strange what i know there's no nascar i I,
0: can i I I guess i'm gonna crack open a cold one and have a barbecue instead (laughs) while saluting the flag (laughs)
1: Danny, your American hours. accent has gotten so much better. What's gotten better? Your American accent.
0: Has it? Mhm. I guess I got to practice for my citizenship test <laughs> in a couple of years there.
1: <laughs> it's so good. i love <laughs> I love hearing American accents. <laughs>
0: Dude, I was in Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, Holy shit. Speaking of accents. A, I love every, I love the way everyone speaks in Tennessee. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's like my, everyone's my like, my like sweet old gran. We went to a, what was it called? We went to like a, Waffle House. Waffle, yes, we did. We literally went to Waffle House. Okay. Wow, amazing. (laughs) And like, I had like the sweetest lady giving us, I had grits for the first time. Ooh, all right. They are not, I'm glad I had them once. (laughs) That's probably all I'm going to have a grits. Okay. But everyone was just so nice. It's like, well, fill, it, fill your coffee up for you, doll. And I'm like, yes, please do. <laughs> Never stop filling it. Good times.
1: Well, should we run on down the list of good old boys and their points? Sure, let's do
0: it. I need a refresh. We've uh, we've we've had a couple of weeks off here.
1: Sebastian Vettel.
0: 202.
1: Sebastian
0: Vettel. Okay. Yes.
1: You know, uh, <laughs> the, the kicker for the Oakland Raiders, Sebastian Janikowski.
0: Yes, they call him Seabass. Bass. Do they really? Yep. That works out really good. I prefer the kicker for the Patriots, who I picked for my fantasy football team for the <laughs> fifth year in a row. He's good, Gost- Kasky, baby. Gost- Gost- yeah, mm-hmm. number one. I got my uh, I got my draft this weekend. Oh, you
1: did? how to it go? I I know it's it's coming this coming weekend. Oh, it's coming this weekend. Yeah, sports.
0: I've done all right this year. I didn't. i I was like fourth pick out of eight, so I've been kind of in the middle the whole mm-hmm. time. Didn't really get what I wanted. Didn't get crappy there. So. Also
1: in the middle. Between one and last, Lewis Hamilton with one eighty eight.
0: <laughs> That's how he says it. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> if you're not first, you're last. What's the What's the point difference? Uh, two hundred two to one eighty eight, so fourteen. Wow. All right. And then only uh, nineteen back from him. Valtteri Bottas in third huh. place, followed by Danny Rick with one seventeen. Kimi Raikkonen with one sixteen. Max Verstappen has 67. Perez has 56. Ocon's Ooh. got 45. Sainz has 35. The Hulk has Swing 26. Swing away, Signs. Uh, he's in 10th place. <laughs> Mass is in 11th with 23. Lance and Grosjean have 18. Maggers has 11. <laughs> Fernando Alonso has 10.
0: Maggers? All right. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> <Sure. laughs>
1: verline has got five. Kvyat's got four. Van Dorn has one point. Palmer Ericsson and Antonio Giovinazzi have zero. And Jensen Button,
0: and Jensen Button has zero. Unofficially, official Shift F one, Jensen Button zero. <laughs> zero points. Not, not unrecognized by the FIA <laughs> <laughs> for reasons unknown. Hey man, you you crash your car, you lose
1: your privileges. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, constructors, Mercedes out in front with three fifty seven. Ferrari's got 318. Red mm. Bull's got 184. Force India with 101. Williams has 41. There's also this uh, documentary about Williams that just came out. I haven't seen it, oh, really? but I heard it was good. Uh, I believe it's on iTunes. Toro Rosso has 39. Gene House and team have 29 points. Uh, Renault's got 26. McLaren's got 11. And Sauber bringing up the rear with by no. better
0: than zero yeah it is sure is let's take a to yeah, the email could, yeah what yeah. reno were kind of swimming in the middle of nowhere there a little bit yeah just got some points hopefully yeah. last, last half of the season
1: I haven't charted it but I would expect that they have gotten more and more points as the season has progressed yeah
0: a bit of, a bit of daylight between them and McLaren at least
1: yeah email time if you'd emails. like to email us you can go to a website f1.cool yeah. slash emails
0: you can use a form it's a hot new way of having websites it web all zones. goes to
1: my inbox it's the same thing yes
0: uh this from matt in morrisville pennsylvania
1: Ooh. greetings shift f1 crew greetings crew. matt firstly i'd like to thank you for getting me into the wonderful world of formula one i'm so sure sorry. you've heard this many times i'm so I'm sure you've heard this many times, but it was the enjoyment of Drew and Danny's rare pairings on various giant bomb videos that made me instantly follow the podcast, even though I had no real interest in the sport. That's surprising. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, inevitably, of course, this led my sister and I following F1 a couple years ago with my girlfriend joining in on the festivities this season. It's spreading, Danny. Awesome. Patience zero. Keep going. <laughs> the uh, the checks from Liberty Media are in the mail, I'm sure. Right. But on to the question. During qualifying for the Hungarian GP, the commentators mentioned that the first qualifying session was Williams Reserve driver Paul Resta's first time in a 2017 F1 car. Yeah, it was. This led my girlfriend asking the legitimate question of if he's their reserve driver, why haven't they let him test the new car? <laughs> I came up with several theories and was curious if you knew the official answer. My theories are, number one, Formula One cars are very expensive and delicate, and constructors try to limit the amount of time a car is being driven at race speeds to avoid costly crashes and part failures. Number two, there are official FIA rules stating current F1 drivers can't be test driven outside of F1 cars. Rather, can't be test driven outside of race weekends and specifically detailed tests such as right before the session season or the one right after the Hungry Race. And these limited tests are best utilized for active drivers, save for the instances you hear them letting a reserve driver out during a free practice. Mm. Three, each car is calibrated to a specific active driver. It would be a waste <laughs> of resources and manpower to it. I love this uh, whole conjecture. This whole podcast is basically conjecture, so yeah. it fits right in. <laughs> yeah, conjecture. Uh, yeah. Resources and manpower to adjust a reserve driver and back again after, especially during the session. Uh, season and for some combination or none of the above anyway keep up the fantastic work and i'll go back to incessantly refreshing my podcast feed every midweek awaiting your new episode to air matt
0: thanks matt thanks what uh, do you think danny i mean the polteress like the real reason is that polteress has a day job and was filling in for massa <laughs> <laughs> who had who had uh not massa I, uh martin brundle so, no, no, no. I mean, in the car, he was filling in for Massa. That's, oh, that's why he okay, raced yes. in the That's why he was racing, is because of Massa's, I guess, c- concussion stuff, yeah. is it? I forget. The, the, yeah. So I, I don't really know. I, like, I I might be wrong. I don't necessarily think DiResta is their test driver. I think he was just filling in for a weekend. I think he's their reserve driver. Reserve driver, yeah, maybe. So, um, yeah. I mean, there is truth to a lot of what he said. Not necessarily the... Um, the setup of the car for the individual person. I mean, they can change that. But um, but yeah, the, 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 there is very limited amounts of um, uh, te- on-track testing that you can do. A lot of test drivers uh, do a lot of more stuff in the simulators. Um, and then during the weekends like we just had in the mid-season or in uh, Catalonia and everywhere else beforehand, um, they have special weeks where they do it as well. But the reason, in particular, why Paul D'Arresta was brought in was because he was filling a seat for someone else. He used to be an F1 driver. A couple, of, I think it's two seasons back now, is the last time he raced. Um, and he, because of the nature of the last-minute call-up, he had to like quit his day job for a week and basically get back in a car and figure it out. Pretty that's awesome, it. though. Yeah, pretty rad, amazing. Like, really cool. Um, he did well considering. I mean, he qualified. I think maybe nineteenth. It wasn't last, so <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, yeah, uh, so that's that's that was the answer to that. But don't worry, you're doing F one entirely right. <laughs> F one is a series. It's like baseball. It is a series of never-ending bizarre questions or answers to bizarre questions that you have when you're like, "Why the fuck is this happening?" Right? Uh, yeah. So you've fo- just come up. You've just come up with one of them, and there's <laughs> many more to come. I feel football is still that way
1: for me. American football, where I <laughs> right. I, I still have no idea what pass interference is. <laughs> I've been watching this thing for my entire life. It's like when you hit the guy before the bowl.
0: Yeah, but there's all kinds of... like I don't know
1: where the line is. Yeah. Anyway. That's true. Uh, We got a lot of these emails and notes on Twitter. This one from Nick. Subject, it's called Speedy Dry. What? The the absorbent they use on the track, he means, uh, to clean up oil spills and such uh, as... Scene after Ricardo's incident with Max Verstappen, yes.
0: the white spray it looked like uh, it kind of looked like um, fire retardant. Retardant. I was about to say detergent, but that's not <laughs> what
1: that is. Close. Uh, the absorber they use is commonly known as Speedy Dry. It is a stable at local short tracks where amateurs like to crash. The marshals can sweep most of it away, but there will always be some left in the pavement, making the racing surface tougher to grip. After a few laps, the sticky race tires will remove the speedy dry pretty much entirely. It wasn't a big deal with Ricardo because he pulled out of the racing line. I uh, Love the show. From fellow Alameda County resident.
0: Yeah, baby. Word up. Yep. Yeah. Alameda County. That's where I got married. Boom, boom, boom. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. I, I was surprised by how um, quickly they were able to sort that out because it seemed like there was quite a lot of liquid um on the track uh that's cool it was cool that they were able to just let them keep going as well it was just safety car didn't have to red flag or anything
1: yeah i uh i also heard on uh uh let's see it was on the sky feed i think um Mm. that they they called it concrete powder or something oh right um so that might actually be what it is and they just put a brand name on it whatever uh nick also elaborates Hey, Drew, as a racing driver with about 20 years experience, well, why didn't you lead with that one? Wow. Uh, I can tell you the situation with Magnussen and Hülkenberg. uh, This is where I insert uh, suck my balls, mate. Yeah. uh, is not something they will forget. Yes, adrenaline is high during and immediately after the race, but you do not pull it out of your mind. If you can't catch him that race, you'll have another chance at a different race. Now, I'm not saying you torpedo the driver, but you will remember everything that happens.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see how that escalating uh, relationship is going to pan out in the next one. That was pretty crazy. Suck My Balls, man, It's a pretty good retort, though, I'll be honest.
1: Uh, on that subject, Tobias wrote in. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that.
0: I mean, some said, people do want to do
1: that. But like, hey, guys, just wanted to share this T-shirt I spotted at the Copenhagen Historic Grand Prix this weekend. It was sold at the official Jan Magnussen fan shop at the event.
0: <laughs> and yes, it says, suck my balls. Oh, really? It says, suck my balls, mate. Oh, that's great. The mate sells it. Yeah. The mate's the punchline. You're talking to your mate, and you're like, suck my balls, Mate. <laughs> You know, showing that you're still. So friends. sorry to anyone who's got playing this uh, when they're picking the kids up. By the way, I'm yeah, so sorry. Well, <sighs> if they can get past your I've, swears, Danny. All right, uh, I have a piece of news. Do you? That I just found accidentally and didn't know anything about. Weirdly enough, and I bet everyone was screaming at their podcast machine when I mentioned Guy Martin earlier. Um, Guy Martin, of course, the uh, main sort of character, I guess, or protagonist, or Subject? whatever you call it. Subject, there we go. It's almost like I don't make documentaries for a living. Main subject of the movie uh, "Close to the Edge, the Isle of Man TT uh, movie that was broadcast in 3D uh, in a lot of places. Um, uh, we'll be working with Williams Martini in the pit crew during spa. What? The pit crew? Uh, yes. Um... This is weird. Williams F1 Racing... uh, Sorry, WilliamsF1.com reports, motorcycle racer and TV personality Guy Martin is set to take on one of the most coveted jobs in motorsport, working as part of an elite F1 pit crew. With no Formula 1 experience to his name, (laughs) Guy will be going in at the deep end when he joins mercedes williams Martini Racing, one of the world's leading Formula 1 teams uh, at Spa. Uh, A truck mechanic by trade, Guy will visit Williams UK base ahead of the Belgian Grand Prix, where the team he where the team will run him through the major tasks he'll be expected to perform during the race weekend. Having forged a successful career motorcycling, Guy knows all too well how the race uh, results in the mechanic's hand, uh, so practice is essential during the race weekend Guy will be tasked with helping to set up the guard before assisting the car crew build the FW40 car Guy will proceed to work two 90 minute practice sessions on Friday a four, further fourth practice session on Saturday before a three stage qualifying session and the race itself the pit crew will look after both of William's drivers uh, of course mass and Stroll uh, and every pit stop is crucial Guy will be working with the fastest team in the business uh, blah, 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 blah. oh yeah they actually technically are with the team having set the fastest pit stop of the season at 2.02 seconds uh i believe that was in silverstone uh, yeah so that's amazing he is go. a mechanic I'm not sure if he's actually going to be in the pit like tire change crew but he is working with the pit crew um, in the garage in the garage that whole time yeah isn't that crazy that's nuts i that- wasn't even googling him i was googling <laughs> something else something to do williams and and it was the first story that came up. So wow. I
1: mean, he is... I mean, he should be hawking Dos Equis or something. Because he's the most yes. interesting man in the world. He totally is. And he's his a,
0: sideburns are incredible. His sideburns are unapologetically locked into the late 80s. Yes. And they've never been... They're stuck in a time vortex and they'll never be free.
1: Speaking of sideburns, we don't have an NASCAR race, but we do have an NASCAR email. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Greg writes in and says, not F1, but... Dale Jr. Oh, yeah. I call him Jr. Because we're on a first name basis. Or a, a, sub, a sub. What do you call a Jr? A suffix. A su- oh, we're on a suffix a su- basis. Suffix basis. Anyway, he wears a wedding ring that matches his sponsor for that week.
0: <laughs> this week, I am married to Monster Drink. <laughs> and sure enough, Greg. Uh, yeah,
1: includes a link, which I will post in the show notes, to Dale Jr. on two separate occasions wearing a green wedding band and an orange wedding band, depending oh on what my color fire suit he's wearing. That's amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's something else. Thank you, Greg. It's beautiful. Uh, what a sport. What a sport. We are also on Twitter. You can follow at Shift F1 Podcast for fun F1 stuff we run across. <clears throat> Uh, Special thanks to Paul Zwambag. uh, Headphone emoji, aka (laughs) at Zwambag, for sending us uh, this link. He says, epic cruise ship racetrack. It is indeed a racetrack built on top of a cruise ship. What do they race? Uh, Go karts. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Don't fall off the edge. Yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah jeez <laughs> you really hope those barriers are up to snuff yeah the runoff area is a fucking ocean Because <laughs> <Sploosh. laughs>
1: wow yes it uh part of the norwegian cruise line the norwegian bliss why am i
0: not surprised nearly one thousand feet long oh my god does it go to downstairs and stuff is there like a downstairs section uh oh
1: wait it, it does up. appear to pass over itself yes yes amazing Amazing. outstanding. I'll link pictures of that as well. Mm. And that's a podcast, Danny sure O'Dwyer. Is. As always, you can find our show notes on f1.cool along with how to subscribe via RSS, iTunes, Google Play, and wherever podcasts are sold. Danny,
0: anything else? No, man. That's it. We've got a fun race to look forward to. Midpoint in the season. Big battle between. I mean, it's a three-way, really. Like, ultimately. If somebody crashes out of a race, they're going to lose enough points that somebody else can gobble up their position essentially so uh all to play for between the mercedes and vettel at this stage and there's enough races left where somebody any one of them could do it so yeah we'll have to see what happens heck yeah
1: everyone's back baby uh. until next time i am Drew scanlon he is danny o'dwyer if you want to support us we are both on patreon me at patreon.com slash map danny at patreon.com slash danny you have a good race weekend everyone we will see you next week NIEUM!